the short end starts to price in maybe more aggressive rate hikes. And probably as well this week, we saw a response from Korea and New Zealand in raising uh, uh, their interest rates. So I guess I, the market is certainly speculating now that the Fed may move more aggressively, at least in the short end. Uh, at the long end, we already saw a fairly big bounce on bond yields, uh, rising bond yields this week after the power was announced. Uh, they seem to have stabilised already. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think the equity market is really going to watch the bond market. So 10-year level is really what will drive sentiment in, in equities. And if that cracks through that 170 level and into new highs or back towards that 2% mark, then I think you'll feel it in the equity market. Toby, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Society General India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. A final look for this week around Asian markets. Uh, they're all moving to the downside in equities. The Asian, uh, the SX200 in Australia is off 0.6%. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 is down 1.6%. The Cosby in South Korea is also negative, off half a percent. Uh, looks, that's gonna, looks like it's going to be the same way for the Hang Seng. At the open, futures markets pointing to a loss of about 160 points at the open. In the commodities markets, uh, Brent crude oil is trading at $82.25 a barrel. Gold is moving up slightly here in Asian trading. It's at $1,793 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this week. Have a great weekend. Please join me again on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned, those for Radio 3. Back chats coming up in a moment with Janice Wong and Andrew Work. The weather forecast for today, fine and dry. Maximum temperature is going to be around 25 degrees. Mainly fine in the next few days, windy over the weekend. Uh, there is a red fire danger warning in force and it's 19 degrees. 65% relative humidity. It's coming up to 8.32. Here's Todd Harding with the news. The UK Health Security Agency says a new COVID variant called B11529 may be able to evade immunity created by vaccination or prior infection. The variant is linked to Southern Africa, but earlier this month it was found in Hong Kong in two people quarantined at the Regal Airport Hotel. The Centre for Health Protection said one of them, a man who'd flown in from South Africa, had brought in the variant. Vicky Wong has more. British health officials say the variant has doubled the number of mutations of the very infectious Delta variant, including some associated with evading an immune response. It also has a spike protein that is dramatically different to the one in the original coronavirus that COVID vaccines are based on, as well as mutations associated with increased infectivity. But scientists say lab studies are still needed to assess the likelihood of these mutations resulting in greatly reduced vaccine efficacy. The Chief Secretary John Lee says Hong Kong has, in principle, met the requirements for a full border reopening. Here's Violet Wong. Speaking after holding talks with mainland officials in Shenzhen, Mr Lee said the SL was now ready to push ahead with quarantine-free travel with the mainland. He said to achieve that, the government would implement a series of measures, such as unveiling a health code next week for Hong Kong residents. Mr. Lee said people would need to use their real names for the health code and that the Leave Home Safe app would be used together with the code to keep track of the user's whereabouts. Britain and France have called for stronger international coordination to tackle human trafficking after 27 people died trying to cross the English Channel on Wednesday. The British Home Secretary, Priti Patel, said there was no quick fix, but she would do whatever was necessary to stop people risking their lives crossing the Channel. President Macron said it was already too late to deal with the issue once migrants had arrived at France's Channel coast. 
Et nous allons d'une part maintenir évidemment cette présence maximale. We are on the one hand going to maintain maximum presence, continue to use drones, especially military drones, mobilizing reservists and asking for an increased involvement from the British because I would like to remind you that we are holding the border for the British in a way and that all these women and men do not want asylum in France. So what we're proposing is that they are processed in centers set up around Calais and Dunkirk. And officials in Canberra say Australian peacekeepers have arrived in the Solomon Islands. They're responding to an appeal from the country's Prime Minister after days of violent anti-government protests there. The Chinatown area of the capital Honiara has been the target of looters. Beijing has called on the Solomon Islands government to protect the lives and businesses of Chinese citizens. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Janice Wong and your co-host today is Andrew Work. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Janice. Ready to rock and roll. Today, we're talking about the copyright law and Black Friday sales. The government has revived a plan to reform the copyright law five years after it was withdrawn amid filibustering in the legislature and opposition from some concerned groups. Officials have launched a three-month public consultation on a proposal to update the copyright ordinance, which is expected to be submitted to the newly elected Legislative Council next year. Under the plan, several types of work will be exempt, including parody, satire, caricatures and commentary on current events, but no clear definition has been included for now. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, said the proposals don't include elements covering national security, but he doesn't know what kind of suggestions will be made during the consultation exercise. So what do you think? How should a balance be struck between the rights of copyright users and owners? From 9.15am, we're talking about Black Friday sales. What will it tell us about the health of the economy? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on 233-88266. That's 233-88266. We'd love to hear from you. Now, to kick off our discussion this morning, we have in our Admiralty studio, technology lawyer Paul Haswell from Pinson Masons, who just happens to be a popular RTHK DJ. Also on the line, we have Derek Lee, a spokesman for the Hong Kong Copyright Forum. Good morning to the both of you, and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi there. Let's uh, start with you, Paul. Can you first explain in simple terms what exactly will the amendments uh, to the copyright ordinance do? It's not a particularly exciting uh, suggest- uh, suggest- uh, consultation, effectively. It's not something that's particularly controversial. And to be fairly brilliant, it's really just an update of trying to make the copyright law in Hong Kong more in line with other jurisdictions. Uh, they make a big deal, essentially, of following what's been happening in jurisdictions such as the UK and bring it up to date. So it deals with their version of fair use, which you've already mentioned in terms of parody of, of using copyrighted works online. It doesn't really extend protections beyond that. It doesn't introduce something like the US version of fair use. So it's not. I know some people are, are actually seeking that. It tries to deal with, but doesn't deal explicitly with, with piracy. 
Um, it's it's just one of those things that I think they've wanted to put it through for a long time. They're not rocking the boat with it. It's not doing anything that we wouldn't expect. And so, so how is it different from the copyright amendment bill that was shelved in 2016? It's it's not really that different. It refers explicitly to it. In fact, much of the consultation refers to the previous attempts to bring in changes to the law and how they're going to implement them. There is some interesting stuff at the end where they talk about things that they they are seeking views but not necessarily going to put into the, the new ordinance, including things relating to rights of, of AI and use and copyright in other situations. But ultimately, really it's about making sure that they've got more control in terms of piracy, making bringing in criminal liability for breaches of copyright which i think is is really relating to piracy uh and essentially making sure that if you're using works online that the copyright ordinance does cover that at the moment i mean the the original ordinance and its amendments haven't really dealt with internet communication until now but again it deals with it in, in pretty much the vaguest terms yeah i mean it's, i mean it's it's uh, a lot of people think as you say just just a bit of an update but it was controversial when it was introduced in a fairly similar form previously and you know i'm trying to remember some of the things that got people riled up i remember there was an avengers poster mm. and people were claiming they were going to try to use cop because it was it was an avengers poster used as some kind of political satire it's funny i can't even remember what they were satirizing but i remember the controversy was about using a, a poster and whether or not companies like disney could then crack down on that yeah the fear was if if any copyrighted work was used in terms of parody or comment on current affairs that it would be cracked down on but it explicitly allows for this they've they've carved that out so it's it's not i think it's not going to be the controvert well may i may be wrong it's just a consultation so no who knows what people will suggest should be added to it but i don't think it's going to be the controversial bill that it would have been a few years ago okay and you mentioned the consultation asked about things like artificial intelligence that's pretty cutting edge and cool yeah uh, it's it's not it, it's a it's almost a, a paragraph at the end going this looks complicated we'll have to do something at some point anyone got any suggestions it's not as a they don't do actually deal with how they'll deal with it in terms of a lot of ai these days can be used to create works i mean ai generally is generating vast vast amounts of data but where it creates a copyrighted work who owns it they're not dealing with anything along like that other than saying this is something we may have to deal with but they do make the point quite clearly that no other jurisdiction has really dealt with that and i don't think hong kong's going to lead the way so this, this is not about copywriting the algorithms that are driving the AI. The artificial intelligence is actually creating new works yeah. that then have to be considered who owns that property. Yeah, exactly. If you create, wow. um, you could have an AI, as many people have done, they have AIs writing songs, um, some of them aren't particularly very good, writing books, creating their own works, and they would attach copyright. But the problem is it hasn't been created by an individual, and most jurisdictions expect a, a human being to actually have created that work and you have to attach it to that. So who enforces, how does an AI enforce, I mean this isn't really something that would be in the ordinance, but how does an AI essentially enforce its copyright over something it's created? I mean I assume that the creator of the AI would all vest in them, but it's not clear. That isn't something that we're going to see legislated for in the next couple of years at least. They'll wait and see what happens in other jurisdictions. So, so from what you're saying, Paul, does it mean the uh, copyright amendment a proposal we have right now is not updated enough? Um, I... I mean, I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one as a lawyer because my, my view isn't necessary to create the law but take a view on how it should be implemented. I think it's okay. It could go a lot further. I think the biggest concern people have had is in terms of what is allowed under the copyright ordinance in terms of, of fair use. So w for what purpose could you use a copyrighted work? They deal with things such as using it for educational purposes. We've already mentioned parody. Uh, and I think people would like more of a US approach to this where you can, fair use is almost something you just throw at someone when you want to use a copyrighted work in any setting. But I'm okay with it. It follows very much the UK approach, which, again, I think is a pretty robust approach. 
I don't think they would want to rock the boat or go any further with this. All right, uh, let's uh, now bring in Derek Lee, a spokesman for the Copyright Forum. Um, good morning, Mr. Lee. Good morning. I echo most uh, Paul's uh, comments because uh, I think this uh, new amendment's uh, proposal from the government is not bold. It, uh, it's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, pretty much more update of what 2014. I follow the uh, participate all this law being passing the new law since 2011, now 10 years past. Uh, but in general, the, the Copyright Forum, representing about uh, 1,600 uh, institutions participating in all this creative industry, uh, from movies, TV, and, uh, you know, book publishing, and also, you know, movie uh, theaters, and all sort of these uh, creative uh, works, uh, they welcome uh, the response and uh, for government we have been requesting for them to review the law and uh, make new proposal uh, but yet uh, we there is nothing very very bold to uh, related to the you know compacting all the latest technology in piracy and the major and uh, major concern about the law is really to come back uh, commercial skill uh, piracy on all this copyrighted work like uh, illicit uh, streaming and uh, this is called the main focus of the law is communication law communication rights and that helps the enforcement arm to really to uh, come back all these kind of pirates and uh, I, I think there's just a, a, a small step from uh, from uh, making progress and uh, we in general but of course uh, in these three months of consultation the uh, our our forum will propose a, a little bit more recommendation to the government to doing it, but I see that uh, there is a, a big intent for the uh, for the government want to pass a law in uh, next year. So there may be uh, there may be not enough time for them for uh, for for raising a new issues and um, consultation time may be needed for this kind of uh, controversial discussion. So uh, this is I I I can see that. And, and Derek, where is your focus on this? What, who, who do the copy, the Hong Kong Copyright Forum? Who do you guys represent? Oh yeah, as I mentioned, we representing the movies, uh, local industry mm. of movies, uh, books, uh, songs, record company, and distribution, and all <clears> these <throat> licensing scheme agency as well. So uh, I think we have been, uh, and also like comics, and uh, and we have been a lot of industry has been uh, hampered uh, due to. Uh, rampant piracy online, uh, especially comics. Uh, they lost uh, sales like 80% due to this uh, illegal privacy. And uh, movie as well, and record company as well. So uh, they, they can see that we definitely, Hong Kong, need a new law to really help and revive the situation. Now, Derek uh, identified as one of the car. Oh, sorry, Paul uh, identified as one of the car outs the education sector, but you've got piracy in educational materials. If I say, oh, great, uh, there's a carve out for education, I'm going to, you know, take these textbooks and reproduce them at will and sell them to uh, Hong Kong schools or or take online courses and reproduce them in my classroom. Is that going to be allowed? It's like, hey, it's education. Fair game. I can well, <laughs> do what I want. Go for it. Or, or is there a copyright that applies to educational materials that will still have to be respected? Yeah. Um, it 
Derek, do you, uh, let me go first. Um, in terms of, of copying, it wouldn't allow you essentially to, to put it on Pirate Bay for everyone to download. It's just mm. copying it to hand out to a classroom. So at the moment, if you want to copy something from a textbook, you would be breaching the copyright of the whoever owns the, the, the textbook rights. Yeah. It's just allowing that. It's, it's, like I said, it's not particularly yeah. exciting. You couldn't then start posting things, disseminate them online. I do th they're introducing criminal liability, which I think is for large-scale copyright breaches, which I think is to deal specifically with piracy. Uh, and Derek mentioned music yep. films, which are, are often available more quickly than they're available on streaming sites here in Hong Kong, quite frankly. It's to combat that. Um, that I have no qualms with. There is, there is a big issue with piracy generally, um, and that there should be some regime to actually deal with it. Yeah, because I remember back in the old days, you'd, you'd be at university and they'd be on the lookout for people that were mass photocopying yeah. textbooks because, you know, you didn't want to pay 500 bucks for a textbook. It was so, cheaper to photocopy them than it was to actually go and buy them, I seem to recall. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they would they would have signs up everywhere saying that you weren't allowed to do it. And uh, but, you know, yeah. Imagine the dilemma for a lawyer in this situation where they're like, do I photocopy <laughs> it or do I go and pay for it when I can't afford it? It's, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> All right, uh, Paul, I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, there will be exemptions for different kinds of work including uh, parodies and satires. What exactly would be considered a parody or, or satire? I mean, can it cl be clearly defined? I think this is the concern that maybe it would be used just to, to get rid of something that somebody doesn't like. But uh, it's not clear, it's not completely clear what it would be. They're using a dictionary definition, which is actually in the consultation bill to refer to. I think this will be subject, subject to further refinement through the consultation where people query what it actually counts and what it deals with. Um, I, essentially, they literally, actually, I've got the, uh, the consultation uh, paper in front of me. It uses the Oxford English Dictionary definitions of parody, satire, caricature and pastiche. So uh, that's what they're relying on. I think they'll need to, to basically flesh that out. All right. Uh, can we just have a listen to this? All right, uh, we all know that's uh, Michael Jackson's song, Bad. I mean, what I really want to ask is whether something like this is okay. Now, that's uh, American singer-songwriter uh, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, parody of the Michael Jackson song that's called Fat Instead of Bad. Um, so, Paul, what do you think? Is that something that will be okay under the proposed copyright amendment? It's a parody and a satire, so yes, I don't think there'd be a problem with that. What would be more interesting is where you have something sampling an existing piece of work or doing a, a mashup. There was a, there was a, certainly, I think probably still as I'm not cool enough to go to clubs these days, but there was a thing where the people would mash up songs together, popular songs together to make them work. Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera and the Strokes was mashed together and it sounded really good. That would have breached essentially copyright because it was using samples of songs and not necessarily getting clearance from it. That would still not be allowed under the, that, that wouldn't come under parody, satire, character or pastiche, but something that's poking fun at it like Weird Al Yankovic does and he's done the same with lots of songs that would be okay but so how much uh, do you have to change uh, for for it to become uh, an original piece of work 
Oh, that's, that's uh, how long is a piece of string on that one? It has to be a distinct work, it has to be different. So it has to be something that is not the same as the original in some way. So you can't essentially do a cover version, you would have to change it. So you could argue that changing the words to something might be different, but then if the melody's the same, there's copyright in that too. So yeah, it's, well, I don't think we've got enough time to discuss what, where, the, where the, the, the sort of the barrier falls in that one. I mean, the, the Beastie Boys really busted this open, man. They, they literally put it in the title of the song, Rhyming and Stealing. Yeah. And, you know, in reference to that, and that, with the massive amount of sampling that they had on their on, on that album, and then and then the follow-ups, Paul's Boutique. But they, you know, because when they did it at a time when it wasn't clear what the laws were, uh, out of that came an infrastructure whereby uh, artists were able to buy pieces. Basically, basically, they were able to buy things that they could use for sampling. Do we have that kind of an infrastructure in Hong Kong? Like, if I want to sample a... a a Cantonese pop tune and work it into something else. Is there a place for me to go and say, okay, fine, I'll pay you guys for this? Uh, not, not specifically. You normally have to find out who owns the rights to it and get their permission if you're doing something like essentially using a slice of using pieces of it. We obviously have rights holders in terms of broadcast rights as various societies. We're dealing with that for if you want to show works or use works in, in, a, in a commercial setting. But you would have to get the permission of whoever's designed it. What we've seen in the US, uh, we don't see it so much here in Hong Kong, is lots of cases where someone has inadvertently created a work that seems a bit similar. Certainly Marvin Gaye's estate has made a lot of money out of going after people. I think Blurred Lines... Well, was, it, was it Blurred Lines? I think it was uh, Robin Thicke and, and um, Farrell uh, sampled... As, well, didn't even sample. Sounded similar to a Marvin Gaye track. Sure. And they ended up having to pay out loads of money because of that. But we don't have a... There's not a system where you can go to one body and say, oh, I want to use this, is it okay? You have to ask the permission of the rights holder. So you have to go hunt them down one by one. De Derek, uh, you know, you represent that industry. Is there, are there any plans to introduce a central clearing point for people that oh, are sampling? I think, uh, uh, please, do. Uh, I think a lot of public has been get, uh, you know, a, a, a fear. But don't be, uh, shift the focus. The law, the new law is to make a criminal liability for people who in purpose for trade and for profit and reward, you know, for, for commercial value. And, uh, and, and also on this, another condition is to, to the extent will affect prejudicially the copyright owners. You know, in more of the cases have been raised in all these common discussion, uh, I think they, they don't really f to be afraid of uh, being to be uh, criminalized. Uh, I think uh, what uh, what the industry want to do is to get the, uh, a fair play, and also we want to crack down all these kind of illegal, uh, you know, pirates, and uh, that's the main goal. And uh, of course, uh, with the advance of the technology, and we may need to discuss with the government how we will more effectively drawing example from the internationals, uh, different countries' practices such as uh, side blocking, and uh, you know all these kind of uh, good practices that we can be uh, you know, borrow from and then we can uh, you know, put in Hong Kong and make Hong Kong become a center of copyright you know, uh, trade and also a copyright industry. What, what, yeah. are the real, what are the real hot spots now? Because you know, everybody, as far as music goes, everybody's either got Spotify, iTunes, or I know a lot of people under 30, they just go straight to YouTube. They get their music off YouTube, which is, you know, even though it's a video service. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, but I do hear about people going out and getting these, like, set-top boxes in, in Mong yeah. Kok and places like that. Mm -hmm. Is that the primary area of illegal use right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, we have been reported from, from uh, uh, the TV and movie industry has been saying, well, a lot of uh, 
uh, set up box that have been, uh, you know, uh, selling in the street, and everybody can pay for $400, $500 that will get all these kind of content. Because they don't want to pay for Netflix. Yeah, they don't want to pay for... And, uh, well, which is uh, one thing. And also for the uh, comics books as well, you know, uh, when they publish uh, one day uh, after, they will be on the on the website and they can... Food. So this is one of the most uh, rampant area. So uh, we, we want to crack down. Um, interestingly, the, the consultation paper specifically states that they don't suggest introducing specific positions to deal with set-top boxes, that things that essentially devices that defeat copyright, they say the existing legal mechanism is sufficient. And I'm interested, Derek, if you think that that's, that's incorrect, that they should actually be doing something. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the uh, government still consider because uh, we have a communication right uh, kind of uh, principle implying the new laws should able to cater for that uh, needs, So, uh, which is uh, some of our members may not agree with. So uh, we'll be, during this uh, coming three months of consultation, we try to persuade the government to improve the law mm. a bit to make sure that, uh, you know, area of needs is entertained. And on a similar vein as well, the, the paper talks about site blocking, which is essentially restricting action, uh, restricting access completely to a particular website, and I mentioned Pirate Bay earlier. That would be the obvious contender for something along these lines. And in, certainly in other jurisdictions, ISPs have blocked or restricted access to these websites. Again, the, uh, the, the suggested, the consultation paper doesn't suggest any specific law to deal with this. I assume, Derek, that's something that you would be, you'd be championing to actually impose this, but there was a concern, and actually the paper specifically states it doesn't want to impose this for concerns in relation to freedom of speech. The, the idea of a site blocking, uh, blocking particular websites is something that is, is a very controversial topic and people get very nervous about that. I'm interested in your view on that one as well. Well, I can't, I can't speak on behalf of the internet service provider, but uh, with the site blocking, most of the countries like Korea, Thailand, and uh, even UK, they will be like the government would take a kind of uh, executive orders to really block the site rather than the uh, ISP recorded internet provider because that would demand a lot of uh, resources and monitoring for doing this. So, so some of the uh, our, our copyright owners we prefer government to take action instead from a private entity to do it. So uh, this is one of the. Uh, it's also very very controversial. Mm. I would say at this point of time. There will be a quite require a, a lot of party stakeholders to sit down and talk and go through uh, the best plan. No, fair and, enough. Yeah, because you're talking about these websites that pop up and they've got like comic books uh, scanned, I guess, and put online like the yeah, day yeah, after yeah. they come out, which is, you know presumably has an impact on the sales of the physical copies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, we reported that ninety percent of the sales has gone away after this kind of uh, illegal privacy. Right. Online. And is it is it a, a select group of websites that are persistently doing this, or are they just a new one pops up every month or every time something comes out? Yeah, and especially those are the uh, the sites is not operating within Hong Kong, uh, you know, jurisdiction, which is outside Hong Kong. So site blocking is trying to mean to you know block out all these kind of. Uh, service provider outside Hong Kong. Does this legislation allow for international cooperation or for pursuing people that are violating Hong Kong copyright in other jurisdictions on the internet? Yeah, of course, some of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, jurisdictions I try to work, you know, uh, internationally, but uh, it, it takes a lot of time and work, and, and as you say, the pirates really work faster than the, than the, all these executive and enforcement arms. So uh, that is why cyber could be a way of uh, doing it. 
Yeah, the, the, the consultation bill doesn't suggest that it would have extraterritorial effect, so you wouldn't essentially be able to use that to go after someone in, a, in another jurisdiction. Yeah. But generally, copyright holders uh, and the authorities that would be dealing with copyright would work with the, their, their counterparts in other jurisdictions and would work together in that respect. Is there any regulatory upside, any regulatory arbitrage that would give Hong Kong an advantage for people seeking to establish copyright or... Uh, you know, produce <clears throat> produce their works here and have them registered in Hong Kong. Is there, is there anything here that would make Hong Kong more attractive for people that are using copyright? Uh, I think this is one for Derek rather than me. At the moment, I think we, we have a regime that's very similar to the UK, and I'm quite happy with that from that perspective. But uh, Derek, I'd be interested to see if you could see Hong Kong as, as being a sort of a copyright hub. Well, as I say, you know, the... China central government has been, uh, you know, have put up a plan of a uh, 14th uh, five-year plan for national economic and social development. So make Hong Kong to be an IP hub, you know, and uh, this is why they, that, that motivates our Hong Kong government, SAR government, to really make a move on the uh, better new law of uh, copyright protection. I think there's the direction is right, and we look forward to that. And I think everybody, all the stakeholders, to work for that direction to make Hong Kong as a hub for copyright law, uh, copyright uh, trade and, and industry. Yeah, but I mean, if you're just kind of making the law roughly the same as everybody else's, why would anybody come here? I mean, what what gives you an advantage if you're basically bringing yourself up to everybody else's standards. So I, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I, I don't really see the need for an urgent change. Copyright is, a, is an odd part of intellectual property and in it's not something you have to register. You just create, if you create a work, copyright automatically attaches to it. So it's not yeah. something where you can show someone a piece of paper and claim that you have copyright on the basis of that. I would be wary of making it more complicated than that. If you make it more complicated to protect copyright, you make it harder for a copyright creator to actually then demonstrate their right. If they had to go and register, for example, like you would with a trademark or patent, their right to every work they create, that would massively disadvantage Amber creators. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm afraid we have to uh, take a short break for the news summary. Uh, Mr. Lee, uh, thank you very much for joining us on the program this morning. That's uh, Derek Lee, a spokesman for the Hong Kong Copyright Forum. And also many thanks to Paul Haswell, a partner at law firm Pinson Masons. He's also an RTHK DJ. So um, an RTHK DJ who actually hosts uh, our Sunday Escape program every Sunday morning. It's so, awesome. Everybody so, should listen. Yeah, so do tune in. Yeah, people uh, might be surprised to have heard me this morning in a different setting, but there we go. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, we'll continue with our discussion right after the news when we'll be joined by a city university law professor, Guan Wei Wei. And uh, don't forget, after 9.15, we'll be talking about Black Friday sales. If you want to ask questions or just share your views on today's topics, give us a call. Our number is 233-88266. We'd love to hear from you. And now the weather forecast will be fine and dry today with highs of around 25 degrees. And uh, right now it's uh, 20 degrees and the relative humidity is uh, 59%. We'll be back in three minutes. Dunkirk. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Friday morning with Andrew Work and me, Janice Wong. Let's return to our discussion on the proposed copyright amendment. We now have on the line with us Dr. Guan Wei Wayne from the City University's Law School. And uh, good morning, Dr. Yen, uh, Gwen. 
if you want to, if you have any questions or comments on today's uh, topics, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is 233-88266. And our Facebook page is backchat on rthk radio 3. Um, before we uh, return to our discussion, I actually have an email here and it's from Jeffrey. Um, he's commenting on the copyright amendment. He says, it sounds like we are moving towards banning VPNs as they do in the mainland. Um, Dr. Guan, hello. Good morning. Hi, good morning. What, yeah. what do you think? I mean, what was your response to this email? He says, uh, after looking at, uh, uh, what, at the uh, copyright amendment, it looks like uh, Hong Kong may be moving towards uh, banning VPNs. Oh, um I actually do not really have much comment on that because I, it doesn't look like directly related to copyright amendment. Is that right? It might be a second set, like separate move. I don't know, but this is not really related to copyright amendment though. Alright, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's actually, it's just coming from a, a, a listener who, who may be concerned after listening about the uh, copyright uh, amendment bill. And so, what do you think I of the copyright? I personally the concern, of course, yeah, but that's not really related to copyright. Yes, uh, so, so what do you actually uh, think about the copyright amendment bill? Is, is there any need um, to be concerned like, like this uh, um, listener who just emailed us? Yeah, well, um, I guess um, early on, the chief executive just um, the policy address signaling that they're going to move forward for the corporate amendment. Well, from academic perspective, that's a welcoming uh, suggestion that it's a good. But of course, I understand that uh, throughout the years in the past, and there are a lot of concerns about free speech and chilling effect of the amendment. Um, to a certain extent, the 2014 bill addressed it a little bit. Um, to a certain extent, it could be improved, of course. I guess the concern is legitimate, but we need to look into the details of those issues. Some of them might not really, uh, again, related to copyright. Well, I, I'm talking about it mostly from copyright perspective, academic you, perspective. Are you going to make a submission to, to the consultation? Um, no, in a moment, because they're not really started yet right now. Yeah, but are you planning to? And, and if you are going to, what are you going to focus on? What do you think is important that is being missed? Well, I personally, I, I have uh, written several articles on the copyright amendments throughout the years and I more focus on the UGC issues and the uh, like uh, content override issues. Those are actually uh, emerged at the second attempt, uh, 2014 to 2016. Actually, was addressed. Uh, emerged, but not addressed. I personally would be more concerned about that sort of issue related to users in general. Uh, general public access to information and knowledge dissemination. Yeah. Okay. I might work on that part. Yeah. So for, for our listeners, UGC, user-generated content, yeah? Right, right. So very well. <laughs> okay. And this, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is for people that are posting on social media or putting up their own videos or writing their right. own articles. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And what, what, is it, what is it about that that concerns you? Oh, uh, well, so um, the... Second um, amendment bill, 2014 bill, uh, did introduce the parody exception 
copyright exception, which should be really welcoming. I, I personally like that, uh, including the parody exception. But uh, sort of swinging between the parody and the UGC. Uh, Canada amended their, uh, through the Copyright Modernization Act, uh, accepted the UGC. And the Hong Kong government uh, position in that part is relatively conservative. I think it doesn't hurt to move a little bit more on that front. That's my personal uh, opinion. So when you say move, so so what what is the situation? So I look, for example, I've got a YouTube channel. I'm putting my videos yeah. up. Uh, you're, are you saying that in Canada, my copyright on those videos that I put on YouTube as UGC, user generated content, they would be protected yeah. in Canada, but not in Hong Kong? Uh, both protected, uh, even under the copyright law. It's all different in a way. That how about the third party use it for uh, expression? Or mm-hmm. for any further commercial purpose, those are different, right? right. If no commercial in, involvement, that probably that exem- exemption granted, accepted. So you go ahead, the third user or general public, mm-hmm. uh, like a uh, children, a uh, small child dancing on the background of a uh, uh, painted, like copyrighted music, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, for, for that kind of thing. And uh, Dr. Guan, uh, when uh, the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, when he uh, announced this uh, consultation earlier this week, he said uh, parodies and satires in general would have to align with a national security law. Can can you um, uh, explain a bit about that? I mean, what does that actually mean and uh, what would not be acceptable? Well, he's probably the right person to ask that question. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, honestly, that um, it's in between copyright law and other legal regime. That well, it national security uh, national security law passed already. It's a law there, but um, I guess copyright is more focusing on the uh, um, like individual creation expressed into literature, art, and music, or whatever. It's a expression that guaranteed protected, right? And so uh, my expertise is more on copyright. I don't know that part. I think there will need to be a balance to be achieved at certain point. That's my uh, first response. Right. And uh, and uh, Mr. Yao, he, he also said the mainland's five-year plan includes uh, support for Hong Kong to develop into a regional intellectual property trading center. Do you think the right. proposed amendments allow Hong Kong to do that? Um, would be in a better position for Hong Kong if you amend the copyright law. You know what, the copyright law amendment has a long history that because uh, uh, WIPO enacted uh, so-called the Internet Treaties in 1996 and following that the USDMCA in 1998 and EU's uh, uh, Info Directive 2001, they amended it already. And that Internet Treaties applied to uh, China joined it, mainland China joined it 2007 and Hong Kong 2008. Uh, so by the weight of notice from the central government, to the uh, WIPO repository. So it actually is biting on uh, Hong Kong already. Um, So those like uh, rise of communication and that sort of like 
啊、uh, TPM Technology Protection Measure of TPM we we did a 2007 amendment already. Uh, uh, by the way, so that's uh, international obligation for Hong Kong, but there's no deadline though. Need to be made clear. So it would be a good positive move to implement those uh, internet uh, WIPO internet treaties related that sort of uh, mechanism. Because we are right now moving the copyright protection from analog to digital era, and the uh, effort starting 2006. Uh, first attempt 2012, uh, second attempt 2016, both failed. Those are actually trying to line up with the uh, WIPO treaties, and which we are now the uh, members of the uh, internet treaties. Right, and just for our listeners, uh, WIPO is the uh, World Intellectual Property Organization, which is, I think, a United Nations body? Um, not really direct. It's a UN family. UN family. Okay, so it's connected yeah. to the UN, but so yeah. essentially, but it's it's a, the kind of a global, uh, you know, an international body that that sets standards for intellectual property protection. Yeah, uh, to a certain extent. Okay. And, and Dr. Kwan, we, we've been hearing the government uh, talking about how Hong Kong lags behind other jurisdictions by a, a decade in the area of copyright. Uh, can you can you explain uh, in what which parts are we uh, lagging behind? Well, that's probably to a certain extent. That's right in a way that because it's trying to um, referring to the because the internet treaties are moving from analog to a digital era. And if you look at the uh, regimes around U.S. Uh, 1998, right, EU and Australia 2001, U.K. 2003, uh, and China 2007, and New Zealand and Hong Kong 2008 joined it already. So uh, um, like Canada Modernization Act and U.K. have had a couple of amendments, more or less, implement that sort of obligation already. And we started not too late, 2006, but just unfortunately did not go through very uh, smoothly, so run up stuck there. If you say it sort of left behind, it, to a certain extent, it's true. It's true. And, uh, uh, I'm talking about from an academic perspective, though. Uh-huh. And uh, according to what you said, uh, the, the copyright uh, amendment bill was supposed to be passed uh, in 2016, but it's uh, only been brought back now. What's been the impact right. over the past six years? Um, this is like, um, well, it just, it, uh, first of all, the implementation, like so-called international um, uh, treaty obligations, those are, You've got some flexibility. You can implement it right now or even before joining, uh, before the, uh, the uh, Internet Treaty take effect. U.S. started ni- 1998 DMCA and the treaties effective uh, only since 2002, right? Uh, but it, did, it, it does send out some sort of signal how much you care about that organization and that framework and that kind of international uh, regime, right? So yeah. I guess these are for business and general public. They might have different understanding. I, I, I'm not sure, right? So it sounds like there really hasn't been much of an impact at all if we pass it, we don't pass it. Eh, is well, it a big deal? Like, you know, a business might look at, oh, right, you, you don't care about that sort of stuff. 
and like okay, I'm going to invest like something like uh, OSP uh, or my service provider or a new business model based on subscription or whatever. They might not be that uh, willing to Hong Kong, but to be honest, it's not really that uh, Hong Kong except for inter entertainment industry. Hong Kong's copyright market is not that big, right? I'm not quite sure. I'm not in this kind of uh, uh, in this area, but. I would not be surprised if the Hong Kong's copyright market is not very significant globally. Mm, okay, so you're saying we, there might there be might honest. have been some impact on business, but we wouldn't see it because it would manifest in the form of business that never came here in the first place. Yeah. Okay. And when would but have... it would be good to move uh, and attract them if you really want to develop into a sort of like IP trading hub. Well, there are, like our patent laws um, amended smoothly, 2016, right? Mm. OGP is starting late uh, rolling out. So that that's a good thing. And what what does that mean to be an IP trading hub? Like, what does that look like? Does that mean that we have like another thirty or forty IP lawyers running around Hong Kong, and then yay, we're a hub? <laughs> is that is that kind of the is is that what it means? I mean, what what does that mean being an IP hub? IP trading hub. That means I I my personal understanding is you don't have to be an IP producer, but your legal system is good enough, and people are familiar with it. Like Hong Kong's uh, common law system is not uh, a civil law system. So like, more more jobs for lawyers. That's that's what more jobs for lawyers and more job opportunity for related industry and for uh, uh, business and trade and investment. It positively. All right, I will have to wrap up our discussion uh, for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Dr. Guan Wenwen from the City University's Law School. It's now 17 minutes past nine, and it's time to turn to our final topic today. That's Black Friday sales and what it says about the health of our economy. According to new research from Finder.com, a financial comparison website, over a third of Hong Kong people, or around 2.3 million, plan to shop the Black Friday sales this year. And when asked why, boredom was the most popular reason, followed by great value. To discuss the significance of Black Friday sales, we're joined on the line now by Dr. Thomas Yun, an assistant professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Xuyang University. Good morning, Dr. Yun. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So um, what can we expect this year? Yeah, uh, I think that this year, relative to last year, uh, the, the sale, uh, the Black Friday sale should uh, be in, improving uh, because uh, uh, people are actually accumulating a lot of consumption power. Last year, because of the COVID situation, they do not actually have the mood uh, to consume a lot. Uh, so this year, they have accumulated a lot and nowhere to go <laughs> below that. Uh, we still uh, trapped in Hong Kong. And in the past, you may go uh, outside to enjoy yourself. But this year, uh, or these two years, you need to stay in Hong Kong. So after two years, you accumulate uh, your money. And you have nowhere to, to use. So the idea is that use in the Black Friday, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Uh, so this year... Uh, we should have a uh, better, better selling uh, mood and environment for the Black Friday. Okay, I have to admit, I'm a little confused here because I've lived in Hong Kong 25 years and this feels like this is the first time I've heard anybody talk about Black Friday because it's an American thing. We always have the, uh, you know, these, these crazy videos that pop up of Americans like losing their minds and like trampling each other to rush into stores. 
But this is the first time I've heard people in Hong Kong talking about it. Like, what are there, you know, and I'm not a big shopper. You know, I, I need something. I, I shop like a man. I need something. I go get it. I walk out. Done. But is there, is there, is there like something happening in Hong Kong this year? Yeah. Uh, normally, uh, Hong Kong, uh, the people in Hong Kong are enjoying uh, the single day. Okay. Uh, the double eleven single day. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, we talk more, mostly we talk about the double eleven single day. Uh, we talk less about the Black Friday. But uh, in these few years, uh, the Black Friday and the Cyber Monday has coming back uh, to Hong Kong because of the Western culture below that. Uh, 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 it's I not like, even Western. It's, it's very American. Uh, 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 in 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 US, in the Western culture, uh, they they enjoy Black Friday. So so in Hong Kong, uh, the culture actually diffused a little bit fit into into Hong Kong, and and this is in fact the idea that they try to get uh, some reasoning for them to buy something. A lot of this does not necessarily. Uh, the goods at uh, this can be a service because you know that Christmas is coming, so they may actually want to buy a service for staycation, something like this. So this is um, other sales, uh, other type of sales, uh, mainly in Hong Kong. And people in Hong Kong, if, as you cannot go outside of Hong Kong, you cannot go to Japan, cannot go to Western country. So they may try themselves to feel the mood, uh, feel right. the mood of, of, of enjoying uh, some kind of culture in the Western. Uh, so. He's coming back in Hong Kong a little bit, uh, relative to last year at least, and um, this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have to emphasize, it's not a Western thing. It's an American thing because they do it yeah, after yeah. their Thanksgiving. Like, And I definitely have noticed restaurants in Hong Kong try to do American Thanksgiving now. Uh, and so I guess they're copying this. But I, I asked my colleague at work and I said, why does anybody in Hong Kong care? We don't have a Thanksgiving. Why is there a price? He goes, oh, because we're getting deal shopping online. And we can now, because the deals are online in, in America, they'll buy and then, of course, have things shipped over here. So she explained it to me as uh, being something where people weren't buying in Hong Kong. They were ordering things that were cheap in America off American websites to have them delivered. Yeah, yeah. This is, is one, of, one of the reasons. Uh, uh, because they can actually buy things from America, uh, which is cheaper, but... You all know that the goods are actually, some of the goods are actually produced in China <laughs> because of the supply chain uh, chaos. We, we all know that that happened in America. Uh, so some of the goods are actually left <laughs> in mainland China. So when you buy from Amazon or, or buy from the internet, uh, in Hong Kong, you can actually get a uh, cheaper price uh, in, in somehow because you can actually get the goods uh, from the production site from Asia, not not actually from China, maybe from India, from Indonesia, from Asia back to Hong Kong. So in these cases, they will find that the goods may be a little bit uh, cheaper uh, or less expensive, so that they may enjoy uh, uh, the the shopping environment uh, this year. Yeah. Janice, were you aware of Black Friday shopping as a thing in Hong Kong? Like, are you planning yes. to go somewhere today to get deals? I I, I mean. I've actually already placed some orders over the past week. I mean, I know like Black Friday in America, I know it's just like a one day event, but yeah. now it seems like it, it lasts for weeks. Huh. Yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just don't have shopping on my radar. So, so, so Dr. Yoon, you think this is going to be a, a bit of a windfall for retailers in Hong Kong then? Yeah, 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 yeah. especially for the retailers in Hong Kong. Uh, because uh, we are somehow different. <laughs> because our government is under control, uh, uh, the the whole situation in Hong Kong or, or the, the mood of consumption uh, is is better, and the unemployment 
unemployment rate is reducing below that, and we may be able uh, with quota, uh, some people or some merchandise may be able to go back to mainland uh, uh, to uh, with some quota, of course, uh, 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 for traveling, for doing business. So uh, this will actually improve the economy of Hong Kong, and everyone think that. Uh, especially for the next year or for the coming year, the Hong Kong economy is recovering below that. Uh, and as the economy is recovering, as we are going to, some of the, uh, if we are using uh, autobus, we may have another 1,000 coming. Uh, so the, uh, with the money, with the wealth, uh, with the uh, mood or the sales uh, uh, or the marketing promotion uh, of uh, the retail shops, uh, so that people uh, are encouraged to to sell, uh, encourage it to buy things. Uh, a lot of us go out to shopping because uh, after the Black Friday, we move towards uh, the other uh, Cyber Monday. Uh, so that, uh, and people are actually now get uh, used to uh, buy in the internet because in the past, uh, uh, some people in Hong Kong are uh, not actually uh, really familiar with uh, getting or consumption in the internet uh, or online. But in this few years, we are forced to do so. Uh, and because of the the one thousand dollar of 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 the five thousand dollar is, is actually in e form, so that we actually need to use the e commerce. Uh, so in Hong Kong, we actually found that uh, people are actually get used to uh, buying online, not just not just go out to to, to shop physically. Uh, so we have another channel, another channel uh, for the uh, retail to push uh, their sales uh, in the Black Friday and the Cyber Monday. Uh, so uh, this is a good thing. Uh, for, the, for the people that are buying overseas, though, are they going to have to wait a lot longer than usual to get their goods delivered because of the, you know, the kind of the current uh, uh, bottlenecks in the global supply chain? Normally, Hong Kong is uh, a little bit better uh, because the bottleneck in supply chain may not affect Hong Kong too much because the production site. Uh, the production or the industrial or the manufacturing are in Asia uh, or in China. Uh, so that the supply chain actually have uh, the problem are actually having the bottleneck in the cargo uh, and in America, in the part of America. Uh, so in today's, uh, uh, in Hong Kong, we may not need to wait for a long time uh, because the production, some of the production are actually jammed in the site of uh, the, the, the manufacturing in Asia uh, because they do not have enough shipment to get all the product to the other side of the sea. Uh, so uh, they are willing to uh, sell all those goods in cheaper price to Asia, uh, uh, for example, in Hong Kong, because we have a relatively higher consumption power. Uh, for example, if you consider uh, electronic, consider mobile phone, we have a higher uh, consumption power. So they are willing to sell all those goods to us. Uh, so in Hong Kong, we may not uh, actually need to wait for a very long time uh, because the logistics in Hong Kong is somehow better uh, in in Hong Kong or, or, or in this side than in uh, America. So, yeah, but if the deals yeah. if, if the deals are coming through American websites, so if I go, let's say I go on Amazon because they're having their Black Friday sales, I buy from Amazon's American site and get my fantastic deal on whatever it is. Is that good going to be shipped into America, get sorted out in an Amazon warehouse on the West Coast, and then shipped back to Asia? Or do these companies like Target and Amazon, Amazon and Walmart, do they have the ability to intercept goods en route uh, you know, before they get shipped across the Pacific to America? Do they have the distribution and sorting and logistics capability to, to take it out of the supply chain in China and send it to Hong Kong? 
or is it going to make a round trip across the Pacific and back again? Okay. The idea is that everything now today is electronic, electronic, uh, actually aided by artificial intelligence. Okay, but we are not using manual to do everything. So the artificial intelligence or the trade tech, we call this uh, the trade technology uh, uh, in the logistics, they are going to find the shortest way or the most less expensive way to get the product to the customer. Of course, if your product actually in the warehouse of the United States, then you may actually need to wait for some time because of the uh, supply chain issue. But if you actually need to wait for some time, uh, uh, and and uh, Amazon will tell you that uh, you may need to wait for two weeks or three weeks or sometime like this, uh, uh, and the customer may have another choice. Uh, they may find that if they want to buy certain goods, uh, and the goods uh, of, of, as you know that in the e-commerce world, you can find a lot of different prices. <laughs> And you can also find how long you are going to get the goods. Uh, so the customer will choose the goods that can come to them much faster uh, than uh, the goods that lead to or the product or service. Uh, service to not lead to supply chain or the product that need to go around the world for a few times. Uh, and even though it's in the warehouse uh, in, in the United States, uh, this may be a little bit better because uh, after the peak season, after the peak season, some of the ships are actually getting back from United States back to Hong Kong. Uh, but uh, normally, we are, not going, we are not expecting that Amazon, or even though it's from the American website, uh, the goods will ship all the way from uh, United States uh, or American back to Hong Kong, unless the goods is actually produced on that side. If it's actually produced on that side, then we need to wait. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I guess I should keep some eye, my eye out for some deals today that I totally didn't have on my radar. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but now I guess I should. <laughs> All right, Dr. Yoon, uh, we'll have to leave it there for now. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's uh, Thomas Yoon, an assistant professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Shuyan University. Also, many thanks to uh, all of you who commented through email. And thank you to my co-host, Andrew, and of course, Yuki, our producer. That's it uh, for us this week. We'll be back at 8.30 on Monday. Now, here's the weather. It'll be fun and dry with highs of around 25 degrees. Winds moderate northeasterly strengthening from the east gradually tonight. And the outlook mainly fine in the next couple of days. Windy over the weekend. And uh, right now it's 20 degrees, relative humidity 61%. The elderly are at high risk of life-threatening conditions from COVID-19. The virus can damage one's heart, lungs and brain. It may cause multiple organ failure that requires intubation in an ICU. After effects can hamper a recovery. Vaccines reduce risks of serious illness, hospitalization and death. Experts advise that any elderly person who has had a flu shot can safely receive COVID-19 vaccines. Get vaccinated early. It's now 9.30, the news with Vicky Wong. The UK Health Security Agency says a new COVID variant called B11529 may be able to evade immunity created by vaccination or prior infection. The variant has been linked to Southern Africa, but has been found in Hong Kong in two people quarantined at the Regal Airport Hotel. Britain has announced a travel ban on six Southern African countries following news of the variant.
The Chief Secretary John Lee says Hong Kong has in principle met the requirements for a full border reopening. Mr Lee said the SAR was now ready to push ahead with quarantine-free travel with the mainland. And Australian police and soldiers have begun arriving in the Solomon Islands to help restore order, following two days of widespread rioting. An Australian minister said two dozen police were already on the ground. Looters have targeted the Chinatown area of the capital, Honiara. Beijing has called on the Solomon Islands government to protect the lives and businesses of Chinese citizens. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you too. Hello. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Good morning, Hallie. Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Friday here on The Morning Brew. Well, today going to have another chat with Singapore-based urban designer and architect. He's called Jackie Cheng, and he's from a company called Jerd. We had a chat a few weeks ago, and it was all about placemaking, which is a way of repurposing old buildings like Central Market, many others as well, and giving them a place in modern society. Well, that was pretty fascinating. He's an urban designer, top of his game, and another design quandary brought about by COVID is how to design shopping areas based on recent human inclination. In short, human Human habits have changed, and people like Jackie have no choice but to accommodate them. But how? Well, we'll have a chat and find out, won't we? He'll be on Facebook Live. 11.10 is the sporting highlight of the week that you didn't know you needed. Because it's sports and all with Danny Hicks. After 12, we're off to the movies once again for Marshy Movie Time with reviews of House of Gucci, Lady Gaga, everybody's saying Oscars there, Tick Tick Boom, Encarto, and The Beatles' Get Back. Right now it's 27 minutes to 10 o'clock. And this is the noisettes.